First Church and Parish in Dedham, May 29th, 2011. How do you want to be remembered? I thought today, along with remembering our loved ones, we might take a few minutes to consider how we want to be remembered. What might your epitaph read? Or your obituary say if you died today or in six months or even next year. Here in church, we've focused a great deal on remembrances this year. We've said goodbye to ones we love and we have talked in worship about the challenges of letting go. Yet little have we considered what highlights of our life we would want to be remembered upon our death. In colonial days, ministers kept on the pulpit an hourglass From that vantage point of the pew, its purpose may have been a timekeeper, but many of the ministers considered it a prop to remind the congregation of the shifting sands of time, the way each grain ticks away the moments of our lives, one by one, until they run out. A visible reminder that life has an end, and so we all better start paying attention. Kind of depressing, I know, But so is the whole idea of Memorial Day, the day of remembrance of those lives that have been lost. In our church, we honor all souls, but tomorrow, parades and speeches will honor all those who served and died in our armed forces, whose lives were lost for a cause. In the light of lives lost before their time, I thought it would be good and right for us to take a more productive stance about our own eventual deaths, and to ask ourselves how we might want to be remembered. It occurred to me when I read the obituary for Lord Onslow in the New York Times this week that perhaps he might not want to have been remembered in such a fashion. The trickster things he did, his contrary nature, while perfectly useful in his lifetime, may or may not have been how he would have chosen to be remembered upon his passing. And this raises the question, how much can we influence the way others see us in our lifetimes and beyond our death? This is primarily a matter of perspective, ours and of those who are left behind, and so, as Lord Onslow might have considered himself a model citizen, those around him primarily related to his obstructionist behavior. There are many examples of historical figures misunderstood in their own time and later lauded and the reverse, those who are lauded in their own time and even just following their death and upon a further examination of history and sometimes out of context are found lacking. To illustrate my point, let us consider the plight of Christopher Columbus, who was born in Italy and under the auspices of the Spanish government completed four four voyages across the Atlantic Ocean. His life's work not only increased European awareness of the Western world, but also colonized those areas for Spain. As with all human stories, when we look at the whole picture of a life, we see both positive and negative aspects to his life's journey. As you may know, Columbus was actually jailed before his fourth and final journey under accusations of incompetence and brutality. He was eventually released and denied the governorship, and yet still he died a rich man. There are countless other details, including the misrepresentation of his remains upon his death as being buried in several locations and then moved 
and showing up in unexpected locations. While I am quite aware that our upcoming holiday is Memorial Day, not Columbus Day, there are two things to consider about Columbus's legacy and how he is remembered that I believe would behoove us to consider. For example, shortly after his death, Columbus's remains were scattered about Central America, lending credence to pilgrimage sites. As time went on and as Central America changed hands from the Spanish to the French, Columbus's body parts were moved from location to location to location until they were finally returned to Spain. When we think about how we want to be remembered, one important matter to consider is where we want our bodies to take up residence for all eternity. Talking with your family and your friends about whether you want your ashes scattered or buried, whether you want a marker over your burial site, or whether you want to be tossed to the four winds, is not just a depressing conversation, it is a necessary conversation to ensure your legacy. In so many of our East Coast towns, land is at a premium, and buying a plot to hold your remains, remains for all eternity is not an, as easy as it used to be. There is a chance now that some years after you are gone, the population will grow to the point that graves will need to be moved or shared. Nothing physical is forever. Whether your ashes are scattered or your body buried, taking into consideration all of the eventualities you can imagine is an important part process in planning your own remembrance. The second consideration is highlighted by the fact that 200 years after Columbus's discovery of the Americas in the year 1742, the Columbus Day celebrations began in New York. By 1866, Italian-Americans had embraced the celebration of Columbus Day as part of their heritage, and finally in 1934, Franklin Delano Roosevelt made it a holiday. And in the 20th century, a re-examination of the trade routes which Columbus established to bring indigenous peoples of the Americas into slavery, and the violent and brutal methods he used for which he was jailed within his lifetime, have raised questions about the efficacy of Columbus Day celebrations. As a result, several states have actually eliminated the celebration of Columbus Day in favor of an Indigenous Peoples Day. I bring this up to highlight the second consideration when ensuring how we are to be remembered long after our time on Earth is actually through right action and right living in our lives right now. Naturally, this does not mean any one of us can live in right relationship for all eternity. No matter how many safeguards we put in place, our actions could have unintended consequences for those who come after us. I am sure that Columbus believed that he was doing what was right. So did countless other heroes and villains throughout our history. And how they are remembered is subject to scrutiny beyond the present time in the same way that our actions may be under scrutiny long after we're gone. With that in mind, all that is required is for us in our time to live as honestly and as authentically and as transparently as and as intentionally as we possibly can each day. 
and trust our stories to tell themselves. What the story of Columbus's life and death in Lord Onslow's obituary teach us is that how we are remembered after our life is over cannot be totally controlled or managed. And yet, we can do these two simple things. Make our intentions known and live in right relationship to how we want to be remembered. While I make this sound pretty easy, I know in truth it is not. For example, I know in my heart of hearts that I would like to be known all my days after my death as a good listener. And yet every Sunday my job requires that I stand up here and talk. I would like to be known as a gardener, someone who plants seeds everywhere she goes, seeds that come up long after she's gone. And yet living here in Dedham for four years, I've hardly planted a thing. I want to be remembered as a lover of nature, a lover of children, an adventurer, a low-carbon footprinter, someone who knew how to take a big bite out of life, and yet all of these things are glimmers of who I am now. And this gets me to the last point. To be remembered in these ways, I need to, all of my days, strive to become who I know in my heart I came to life to be. And this is all that is required. Every once in a while, take a look at the hourglass of your own life. Look at the sands shifting through the small opening, and remember that your sands too are shifting. Our lives are just a brief flash. Let's not waste another grain. Wishing. Let us live each moment as if it were our last, so that when our last grain of sand has emptied out, we have nothing to miss and everything to look forward to.